magnesium is a deficiency in a lot of stuff, but apparently um, that that axia, axio, axio mm -hmm. stuff that had a lot of both magnesium and B6 and I think B12 in it. Hmm. Maybe you should take it and see if you have less ticks. <coughs> Me and my ticks. You don't like my ticks? I don't even notice your ticks anymore. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. But your kids are starting to. <laughs> Daddy, why do you... Why do you do that? Why do you do that weird thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. hello, everyone. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And this is a podcast where, you know, we as a married couple sit down and chit-chat about life. And Sometimes things. our best chit-chats of the month happen because we're actually sitting down talking to each other. Staring at each other in the face. Uh-huh. Like Tourette's. Me and my Tourette syndrome. Mild, whatever it is. OCD slash everything What else. does it have to do with staring each other in the face? Nothing. It's just stuff we talk about. Oh. Yeah. The deep conversations we have. Well, over. it's all about how I, as your wife, can fix you. So, because that's what marriage is about. Yes, exactly. So, a couple last week was it last week? I was up at the cabin. We've been traveling like crazy. I spent ten days up at the cabin, and we're going to be gone all of next week. So we thought, let's get a show out. But I was up at the cabin, and the, one of the guys that came out, a friend of your dad's, and he had this supplement package powder stuff. It looks like any other normal bag of little bag, you, single drink serving you put into a mix. And he's like, you know, my daughter, he's from North Dakota a little bit, so he talks a little bit like that. I'm like, no, he doesn't have that much thick of a North Dakota accent. But he said his daughter doesn't do any, she, she's she's a, an anti, she's anti-vax, she's anti-meds, she's anti-supplements, she doesn't do any of that stuff. She doesn't like it, she doesn't think it's... Apparently this one she really likes. <laughs> and, so he was passing so out So he was samples. passing out samples, because he started taking it, he's like, it's amazing. So he handed one to me. And I felt like I was on stims all afternoon. It was amazing. I was like, man, I could, I could haul an ox right now, or I could carry an elk. I mean, it was just, it was spectacular. One of the, um, so I looked up their website to see what was in mm -hmm. it. Interestingly, one of the ingredients is L-theanine, which I give Titus to help him sleep. But it's supposed to be like a mental clarity thing. Right, and that's what they. This kind of helps promote mental mental clarity i was just i felt like i was like but one of their taglines it does have about the same amount of caffeine as a serving of coffee as a cup of coffee <sighs> but it comes from green tea extract and something else i can't remember what now um but they say that it's like the energy of caffeine without the jitters well i know i didn't have any trouble sleeping and i usually drink like two or three or four or whole french press of coffee in the afternoon like i just i pound this stuff but man, this was like, wow. I was like, I'm just amped. I was wired. You probably wouldn't like me because I talk a lot and I'm just really energetic and I'm go, go, go. Like yeah, I was last I night. I probably wouldn't like that a lot. Last <laughs> night when I was trying to fold clothes, you'd ask me if I'd taken it. I'm like, no. I, I, well, I thought when you handed it to me, I thought you said you'd taken it that afternoon. No. But it you was said the you'd afternoon. take it at four and afternoon, right, not and that afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, but, we had it at lunch. Yeah. So anyway, he Gary said he he takes one every afternoon. So I'm tempted. Problem is these things are expensive. It's sixty dollars for a thirty day supply. Yeah, that's sixty you, bucks a month. If you do this subscribe and save, it's fifty dollars for a and thirty day. And then if I go out and recruit all of you to be my uh -huh. underlings, then I can 
mm. mentor you. You could live in a luxurious lifestyle. I, I had you somebody... look up their website, and the first thing about it is not like what the supplement is. It's like people in fast cars lounging or lounging around pools oh my gosh. is what their website is. Oh, I do that anyway. I don't need a supplement to help me. Do you that. don't do that anyway. You do need a supplement to to support your lifestyle. <laughs> financial supplement. Yes. Financial supplement to support my lifestyle. Um, no, somebody. She might listen to the show. I'm not going to say anything. Say somebody <laughs> said something really funny today that made me go. I just this doesn't sit right. Um, about the whole, you know, get on board with a product sort of thing, and then have everybody underneath you. Mm-hmm. And she's doing really, really well at it. I mean, she's doing really well, well enough that she's quitting her day job. And, you know, but she made a comment about the fact that she really loves mentoring the people under her. And I'm like, what, Some of this what does program, that look like? Yeah. like? What is that? What is that? What is this mentoring thing? Like, if I go out and find a mentor, I am hoping it's going to be trade related. Like, I'll write electronic music or something, or I'll be a musician, or or I want to learn to weld, or work with aluminum. or Like, a mentor to me is somebody who who, you know, kind of just coaches me along that kind of career journey path. It's not like I'm going to sell a supplement. Am I going to help you be a better relational well, person? Of, sell um, better? Like, yeah, a lot of the the ones that I see, like Radon Fields, Beauty Counter, Amway. I'm trying to think off the top of my head other ones. Like the, there's athletic wear ones now. There's a handful of clothing like, I've been recruited for two athletic wear, athletic. Well, yeah, you're, you're probably not thinking of the same ones that I am. No, you're thinking of like post on Instagram. Yes, I've no, had, these I've had are two like people ask these are like sponsored. pyramid ones, but you're selling clothing to your friends mm-hmm. and getting people under you and stuff. But a lot of them do actually provide a lot of oh essential oils. That's another one where like there's conferences and they get you all rah rah excited I hate about. Um, that's just because you don't like people telling you what to do and you don't like feeling like you're part of the crowd. <laughs> I went to one of those, I went to a few years back, a buddy invited me to one of those local, um, business owner sort of like networking events. And these ones are really kind of formal structured. And this guy came in from one of the other businesses and he owned a, he owned a business in town and had a whole like leadership program training thing. And it was a lot of rah, rah, rah. You can do it. You're great. I'm like, oh, that stuff rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. I feel like, like I, I feel like my friends who do the direct person to person thing actually feel like they have someone above them who is interested in them as a person. It's usually a friend who recruited them and who actually wants them to succeed and gives them ideas and gives them feedback and I, I, I the people that I know who do it find it very satisfying. Do you think and I'm starting to grin because like if you go off and and sell supplements you're actually getting a supplement relationship out of it do you think some of the people doing this don't have any friends or may not have had necessarily the social skills to have really substantive relationships outside of their normal life so because of this they now have another relationship or a friend or someone that cares no. about them when they didn't before. Okay. No. All right. Um, these well, are more the people. That no, these are people who the 
the people you sell and now I'm thinking of is Plexus. That's a, a supplement one. Um, you basically like sign up for any of this stuff for the clothing, for the supplements, for the skincare, because you've tried it and you liked it. And you start telling your friends about it. Or like Norwex. Mm -hmm. Like the gal we bought this house from, she would host Norwex parties and tell so many of her friends how much she loved the products that the person that she kept hosting the parties, the seller person was like, tallied up how much money she would have made if she had actually been selling the products and not just talking about how much she loved them and getting her friends to buy their products from her friend who sold them. Her friend was like, look, just sign on. You're going to do exactly the same thing. You love this product so much. Either you're giving it away as gifts and you could buy it at half the price to give it as gifts and then you still get a kickback from you buying from yourself or you're selling to your friends instead of like you know, you getting me to sell it to your friends. Just so she actually tallied up how much money this gal would have made. And she was like, yeah, I guess I am actually doing the job that I keep thinking I couldn't do because it's not. So for her, she's, I mean, yeah, she's leveraging, she's creating new networks as new relationships and new networks as well. But the way this works is not, I'm socially awkward. I don't have any friends. So it's the, I'm, a really outgoing person. I love to share the things that I love with other people. And it's the, it's the entire principle of why we... I'm going to go back to the Supper of the Lamb. <laughs> because I always do. But we can't keep things we love inside. Like, the nature of loving something or enjoying something is actually verbally praising it to another person. And the enjoyment of that thing whether it's a good meal, whether if it's a sunset, a beautiful drive, athletic wear that I like, a workout that I like. I mean, that's why people are such big evangelists of CrossFit. You've seen the memes about like, you know, like, <laughs> how do you know someone's a vegan? Oh, they'll tell you. Or how do you know someone yeah. does CrossFit? Because they tell, tell you, you, you know, all the different jokes. It's because they freaking love it. Like, yeah, sure, there's an element of pride and boasting probably in there too, but they actually really enjoy it and they can't not talk about something that they enjoy because built into the very nature of who we are as, what is it, Bob Dylan would always say, like, you got to praise somebody or you got to worship somebody or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, gotta, everyone, everyone yeah. has to worship something. So as worshiping creatures... I think Bob Dylan said you got to love somebody. Is, is that it? Bob Dylan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My Bob Westminster professors would always quote that Bob Dylan quote, and obviously it made a big impact on me. Um, anyway. And, you know, Calvin says that the heart is a perpetual idol factory. So if we're not worshiping the true thing, that is, if our hearts are not focused on worshiping God, then we're really fixated on worshiping something else. Um, but part of worship is not just finding significance, finding strength, finding atonement for our sins, um, whatever you're looking for in that relationship. Um, but it also always has a transactional element with our fellow human beings. I think that's why food on Instagram used to be such a joke. Like if you're enjoying a meal, you just, it overflows. You have to share it with somebody. Um, and, you know, obviously that can take a perverse turn. But um, anyway, I think that is why 
people like the the pyramid sales things like they genuinely do like it yeah. because they're they're finding fulfillment but they're at root i think the people who are most successful at it are sharing something that they have already found that they love well the best sales is always something that you already love because you're already talking about it yeah and so i mean that's why what was i reading not too long ago maybe it was the axio thing but um like rodan fields also that's the supplement i was talking about was called axio axio um rodan fields was kind of like one of the big like they blew mary Kay aside as they stormed on the scene but it's these two women doctors um who were basically figured out that the cosmetic counter in a department store was not the future of cosmetics it was moms talking to each other about what they liked and Mm -hmm. so they just skipped the entire like infrastructure and went straight at and they'd actually they had products that they had developed that they were selling in department stores and they started an entire new company bought an entire new business model well that's the business model now just taking your product directly to consumers and that's the whole idea behind social media marketing influencing social media marketing social media sharing because if people if you hear about something if you heard about our podcast from a friend you're like 900 more times likely to listen to our podcast than if you receive an an advertisement yeah Mm -hmm. so that's why we ask you to you know Share it with your friends. But that's, (laughs) we'll save that for the end of the show. So, because we're really not that great. I mean, I was just looking at an Instagram that came through my feed today. Guy by the name of Tony Lopez. He's a dancer, one of the Lopez brothers. Never heard of him. Um, He's got 8.4 million followers on Instagram, and he posts pictures of himself doing mostly suggestive things. With his shirt off. That's our problem. Our shirts are on too much. Nobody wants to see me with my shirt off. That's why we need to do CrossFit. Tell oh people gosh. about it and take our shirts off more. I'm I'm happy not doing CrossFit. Yeah, I don't think you could do CrossFit <clears throat> with your knee right now anyway. No, not right now. I can only do straight line activities and standing up and down. Um, Speaking of delighting, um, I re-listened to half of our church sermon from Sunday again mm-hmm. today. Because even though we didn't do church together... I don't know if we talked about it. I thought the sermon on Sunday was really good. Yeah. I was like, we were texting and, back and forth during the sermon, and you were, you were making a few comments about it. I'm like, yeah, I like I like his sermons. They're good. No, I just, I mean, I was re-listening to it, because I feel like both of us yesterday, so it was Psalm 37, and he says, fret not in the psalm quite a bit. And um, Rob defined fretting as like a perpetual state of anxiety Mm -hmm. and worrying about things. And I feel like, I mean, obviously he was saying in our world writ large right now, there's this undercurrent of fretfulness, right? There's just always this. And then things, uh, things happen that shouldn't get the big reaction that they do from us mm-hmm. but it's because there's so much more going on under the surface we're not actually reacting to the thing there's this huge build up that the thing is the straw that 
breaks the camel's back. Yeah, I mean, back. people don't just explode and destroy windows out of nowhere. Well, I take that back. Some I know do. some people that would. Um, no, but I mean, there's, Umbrella there's, man. This, there's this undercurrent of fretfulness in our nation. But um, I mean, like yesterday, you were, you spent the whole evening fretting oh. about... Um, about taxes and about possibly refinancing and you were not pleasant to be around. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the refinancing and it wasn't necessarily fretting about paying more taxes. What I was really, really I'm not looking for a defense I know. right now. What, what I was I'm really struggling for you to apply the sermon to that situation. <laughs> I was Fretting, okay, then I was fretting about how to respond to the person who I believed really dropped the ball on this thing. Mm-hmm. I was really, really angry with this person last yes. night. And I was trying so hard to, you know, because I mean, the tax liability is going to be like $300 unless I get, you know, a really big audit. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a fearful, it wasn't a fretting so much as anger worrying but it was definitely anger about this oh, i was livid oh. and then you like flipped a switch and expected me to be happy and cheerful and chatty with you when i'm trying to go to bed <laughs> no i just i it it wasn't yes i did flip a switch because i've somehow like got over it but i needed time to process and work through it and that's one thing that i'm not you know Everybody processes things differently, I guess. Yes, everybody processes things differently. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I, I can't. It's like it was not possible for me not to be upset. <laughs> I'm trying to have an edifying conversation where we think about the sermon in light of our attitudes and struggles. I don't remember. I don't remember. Days. I don't remember the sermon. That's the problem. I don't. I don't remember the sermon. I don't remember what I read in for my Bible study last night. And I had my Bible study we this morning. We definitely need to get you on that supplement. <laughs> I don't remember. You should also stop playing World of Warcraft and go to bed. I don't play World of Warcraft. What do you play? Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. I don't know. You should stop shooting people till one in the morning. No, I went to bed at 11 o'clock last night. You were already asleep. I know. I took a sleeping pill at 8.30 because <laughs> I didn't want to deal with you anymore. <laughs> ah, marriage. You know, I wonder. Speaking do, of marriage, do people look at us and think we're like we got our crap together? Not if they listen to our podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I speaking of marriage and couples who've seemed like they've had it together for years. Have you heard about the Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith thing? Mm-mm. Okay, so I. Uh, I probably shouldn't bring this up because I haven't actually watched their interactions, but I've watched people talking about their interactions and I've read responses to it. Apparently, some rapper um, moved in with them because he was having like severe mental health crisis and ended up in her, in, in Jada's words, in an entanglement with him. She had a long affair. With this guy that was living with them, came to them for help, and then she had an affair with him. And it's, like, been several years in the past, but... So so Jada has this show, this YouTube show, that she calls The Red Table. And it's supposed to be, like, purely honest, 
Like, I've seen her talking to her teenage daughters and their friends about sex, mm-hmm. you know, at this table or drugs or whatever. And it's supposed to be just, like, really down to earth and, you know, mom. And, like, sometimes she has her mom on with her and her daughter. And anyway, um, so this is, like, the the honest, straight talk place, right? So she's talking to her husband, honest, straight talk place about their marriage like several years after so she's talking to will to will several years after the um the revelation and then the ending of this quote unquote entanglement and the reason i looked started looking it up and i never actually got around to watching the conversation itself because there were kids around uh, and i didn't know what was gonna like Mm -hmm. what was gonna happen but i watched um some YouTube podcasters talking about it. And I read a, um, a Christian mom's, what turned me on to it first was a Christian mom's blog response to this. And she was like, it was so depressing. First of all, they never called it what it was, either of them. Um, like I think he tried to, and she was like, she would use these vague, terms like entanglement or maybe she used the word mistake but maybe not like she would never she didn't even go that far and like their body language apparently was fairly cold and distant and there was no there was no resolution there was no confession there was no forgiveness there was no reconciliation it was just apparently the end they fist bump and are like horrible marriage for life or something like something really, really hopeless and depressing like that. Huh. So what prompts them to stay together then? Um, Do they not want to be another Hollywood couple? I don't know. See, I didn't see. That's the thing is I haven't watched yeah. it. I'm wondering if I haven't. I don't. If I pulled it up on my phone, the the article that made me look for it in the first place. But I mean, her whole point, obviously, because she's a Christian, was like they need the gospel. <laughs> they need <clears throat> the. Oh, I have hundreds of tabs open. I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, But her whole point was they need the gospel. They need to be hearing that there's freedom in saying what I did was wrong or Mm -hmm. what you did to me was wrong. And the freedom of the cross is that I don't have to be afraid of saying that what I did was wrong. You know, what we're training Mm -hmm. our kids in to say like, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Um, That there shouldn't be fear. You know, whole movies are built on the premise of not being able to say I'm sorry. Well, right. Comedies are too. Just say you're sorry and move on. Yeah, tragedies and comedies. But but I think that there's um, there's actually a physical sense of danger. Like our our minds and our bodies are so connected. That it feels so unsafe if you don't have an external sense of righteousness, assurance of forgiveness, um, in order to say, I was wrong, forgive me. Um, it's just, I have, I'm trying to make a mental note. I want to go somewhere else with this. <laughs> um, but to say, I was wrong, forgive me. I mean, in my world... I struggle to do that aside from the cross without saying like, I've, I've been seen in all my badness 
and I have not been rejected for that badness. I'm loved in spite of that, and I'm loved unto the truth and unto change. And You know, our responses to those situations, I'm thinking about the times either I've apologized to you or you've apologized to me. And, you know, you think back to what precipitated that or what the wrong was or what and I, I I don't remember but it like at the time like I've had really cognizant thoughts at the time like this is so silly of me to be upset at this and respond this way or it's so silly of me not to go say I'm sorry but you just can't like there's just something preventing you when in your head you're like I'm being dumb right now I'm being really dumb like yeah. I need to just go say I'm sorry this is really silly and it's like I'm just going to sit here and stew some more. You know, I don't understand where that comes from, but it's just, it, at least for me, it's like, I will sit there and think I'm being really dumb or uh-huh. this isn't a big deal. Why am I reacting like this? And yet you here. can't get over it. And yet I can't. Yeah. Emotionally or whatever. I think there's a ton of stuff going on there. And I'm not saying about for you. I'm saying it for me. Like there's the, I know this is really dumb, but I still want to be right. And this is really dumb, but I still feel safer and more comfortable staying over here in my anger, in my self-centeredness. And I think what I, oh, I started to say a minute ago was I think there's actually, um, like the fight or flight part of our brain, Mm -hmm. um, almost is like telling our body that we're in danger. So to apologize feels dangerous at a level of actually doing something physically dangerous, like jumping off a cliff while attached to a rappelling rope, you know, or like bungee jumping. Like there's that level of physical, of danger that our brains, I'm not sure, differentiate. And so, um, you know, similar to stepping off the ledge for bungee jumping, that's the you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to apologize, you know, yeah. and you're, you do have the safety harness and it turns out okay because of the commitment that we have in marriage. But I don't know that our, I mean, we certainly get better at it. Probably the second time you bungee jump is easier than the first, but it's still probably until the day we die, we'll feel like a bungee jump. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking too, like, yeah, I'm, you know, even I'm sorry for getting angry last night. And at the same time, like, does, does the apology, how much does the apology really matter when you can't fix it, correct it, and you still did it? That's where I like, I land all the time. Like, well, what's the point? Like, I can say I'm sorry, but you're not going to believe me. One, because, you know, it's already happened and the damage has already been done. And, you know, there's no guarantee that I'm not going to do it again. Well, I, I disagree with that because if you're like for last night, I'm sorry about how my anger impacted you and the kids for the whole evening that closes a gaping wound. Like rather than being like, "Eh, you're lying on the floor bleeding. I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. You'll get over it. Eventually you're putting salve on the wound. You're helping put it back together and making it heal, you know? And of course there's no guarantee you're not going to do it again because you're a fallen sinful person. But I mean, if it were the sort of perpetual thing where 
you know, yeah, that's where you get counseling because that becomes damaging to the relationship and there's more issues going on than just, you know, needing to apologize. There's need for growth and change, but at the same time, I think it's incumbent on me to keep a soft heart. I mean, even if that were the case, to keep a soft heart and to be willing to forgive, you know, as Jesus says, 70 times 7, which is endless times, but... um I really wish this person would say they're sorry for screwing up. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. And it's just like, wow. Um, Do you think there's an element of, and I'm thinking specifically back to a first marriage. um, Do you think there's an element when you say you're sorry to somebody not, of course, we're not supposed to bring stuff up again. Um... But, you know, when it's treating treating the apology or treating the offense as something, uh, this is the first time that's happened. You know, you think there's an element of that or how, like, at what level does it start to get, you know, I'm just thinking about the, my thought is this. I would not bother apologizing when I, you know, would upset with my ex-wife because it was, it was a futile effort. She wouldn't accept the apology, you know, she'd throw it around, you know, well, you've done this, this, and this, just who you are, whatever, 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 she's just go on being, being angry, you know. And that's not helpful, because then you're creating an environment where you're not going to, you're, the other person's just not going to bother apologizing. No, it's not healthy on either it's end. It's going to foster, you know, foster madness. What was the question? You know, if... You described if a situation. If it's not necessary, I've described a situation... And let's say my offense is not always a regular offense. Like it's sporadic. It does happen, but it's sporadic, you know, like six months later, whatever, you know, you get angry again and yell at your wife or something. Um, You know, is that, do you treat that as kind of a new thing or do you, like at what point do you start accumulating and going, okay, well, you need to seek help for this. You need to go see somebody for this. Like at what point do you like... Is it a, do you realize it's a bigger issue, not just the the one off? You know, we're all prone to, you know, I feel like the question you're asking me is above my pay grade. Oh. <laughs> Man, I was really hoping for some brilliant come on. things. Yeah, no, come I mean, on. I think it's a super individual thing. Like, like, and also, how big is the offense? Is it you're not helping with the dishes as regularly as I would like? Is it I am not on top of the laundry as regularly as you would like, also known as... That doesn't bother me. If it did bother you. (laughs) Okay, right, okay, that makes sense. Something little, perpetual, you know... Yeah, the little things that we deal with. I think you just have to learn to live with that. Like, you know, the... My... You know, could I grow in X, Y, or Z area in terms of cleanliness, in terms of laundry, in terms of, you know, whatever it is, you know, is that something you come alongside and help me with instead of being angry at me? Is it something you work on overlooking? Is it something, or is it something that, um, you know, actually needs to be addressed you know and this you is know, or is it something if it's something really big that's actually altering your relationship and your life and even if you do seek 
reconciliation each time, um, but it still is impacting your relationship, then for sure you need to be getting help about it. Or if you quit apologizing because you know it's no good and you're both in a pattern of that, you know, that would be a huge red flag for me. If you're not even going to bother to apologize, but you're just going to, like, skirt over, you know, skirt around the issue until you can pretend it never happened, but it's still, like, festering more and more each time it happens, um, that's obviously not a recipe for relational success. Well, that's a good answer, even though it's above your pay grade. I feel like it's it's a helpful to have at least people, someone you can call that you feel is will give you good advice. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that will give really bad advice, you know, for the people you're surrounding yourself with. That's but. true. I really appreciate it when you go to your Bible study on Wednesday mornings and you tell the guys that you've been struggling with something with me. And they tell you to come home and, like, help me or serve me or love me or something. <laughs> yeah. <there's, laughs> Which is probably not the answer you were looking for, but it, no, it's a good answer. No, because sometimes, sometimes the answer, and here's the funny part about all of this, is sometimes the, sometimes the answers are really, really basic and really easy. But for whatever reason, we're stuck. We just get stuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting stuck. I don't think it means we're deficient or, I mean, we're obviously, we all have our deficiencies, but we're not, there's it's not something, normal. it's normal. That's, yes, exactly. It's normal to get stuck. And sometimes you get stuck, you're like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, and to everyone else, they're like, Duh. well, it's obvious. Go buy the woman some flowers and take her out to lunch and say you're sorry. Oh. But it doesn't have to, yeah. normally you know, or it's whatever. not that big. No. Don't it's buy me flowers and take me out to lunch. Just come home and do the dishes for me. <laughs> yeah, normally it's not <laughs> Or come exactly. home and help with the kids for some, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the people surrounding having at least some people you think would give you some good advice, you can you feel free to bounce something off of, even in a non-formal capacity. It's just really good for feedback. You know, being a part of a community that. I wonder how it doesn't turn into a wine session. You know, too many things. You're like, man, my wife is brand to brand. Yeah, yeah no, the old lady, blah 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 blah. I wonder. You know, you've commented at how little relationship is a couple. And as a family, we've had since the coronavirus started and everything got locked down. Like, we just are not, you know. Oh, you mean not not with each other, but with outside. With outside, you know, so we're not getting that. Like, I spend very little time with female friends since March. And even though things have opened back up, like, I still just am in this habit now. Like, I'm at home. I'm not getting a ton of interaction. Just kind of, I mean, that's mostly how my life is anyway because I'm with the kids at home a lot but um, well I have my Wednesday morning thing and that's yeah no I I'm, just, I'm I was just thinking in terms of like people out there like you know they on the internets capital I internets keep talking about like mental health issues anxiety issues uh, I wonder how much you know of just not having the feedback loop from people that you're in face-to-face relationship with, um, if and how much that's impacting people. I have noticed, at least in my circle, like it was like pulling teeth to get me to go back to like Tuesday morning prayer. I know. Wednesday wasn't quite as hard because she serves, they serve delicious caramel rolls down there. <laughs> but, and I know I don't, it's like once a month I get one. Um, 
but it was so that was a little bit easier you know and it also is it's it involves actually reading you know kind of being encouraged to read to study the bible but the tuesday i was like trying to pull teeth and i am like you know i love judo but i'm kind of i'm kind of happy right now i can't do judo because it's just one less thing we go do it's not that i don't mind doing those things but i think i've gotten into a habit of like being really comfortable not doing things Mm -hmm. that said um i've noticed that trend with with my my particular community everyone is a lot more comfortable and a lot happier i think in something not being social like they want to be just by themselves which is very odd you know there's no like they don't really seem i don't know if it's catering to our selfishness or or what's going on there but it just it seems a little bit funky to me to be but but these people that are telling you this are seeing you face to face and telling you this Right? Yeah, that, that's a good irony. So yeah. think about, for some reason... But that's the only thing they do. For some reason, like, Little House on the Prairie has become a really funny like standard by which I'm measuring a lot of the lockdown things. <laughs> How does this work? Well, so, so for almost every single winter in the entire series, they never see anybody else. Like on the shores of Silver Lake, they're in a house... And they are the only inhabitants for miles because the railroad hasn't made it through yet and the town has not been established yet. And they beat everybody else out there. They literally only have their family for the entire winter. The next winter, when the town is established, an Indian walks into town in like early late September, early October, and says it's going to be six months of really hard winter. And it is, it's blizzard after blizzard. They have a two-story house in town, and the top windows are covered with snow for most of the winter. So they, they can't even hear the screaming blizzards. They don't leave their house because they can't get out of their house. Um, and so, and Pa will every now and then, like, dig out and go out across and the street. And this is the book, not the TV show. The book, yeah. Okay. Um, and this they, the, the whole book series. I read the book series with the kids last year. So Pa will occasionally go across the street. And in the winter, there's, like, ten families in town for this first winter. So he maybe associates with five to six other men every couple of days. And that's their life. The girls, uh, you know... This sounds a little bit like me, except it's about once a week I, I engage with about five or six different Well, you got social media and stuff, too. And texting, oh, you text yeah. people. But but I think that the human life used to result, revolve around a handful of real relationships. Mm. And there was no scatter in our brain of any other relationships. And so it was just like, here's what you have. You know, the girls go to school and there's six girls in their class and that is their entire social circle. And there's two girls they don't like, you know, (laughs) and it is what it is. And, um, you know, but that's it. Like, they don't stress about should we be interacting with more people and they don't stress about what all everybody else out there is doing. Like, it is what it is. And if you go an entire winter without seeing anybody else, and I mean, the thing for them is they had like 
two magazines that they would read over and over in the Bible. And Pa had a fiddle and knew countless Irish jigs that he would sing and play. And that was like, that was their entertainment. That was their mental stimulation. You know, I, I just, you know, when I think about you thinking of your friends who are happy with interacting with five or six other people, period, I'm like, yeah, it's sort of like, normal. sort of like, the, like that was really no, normal. No, that, I mean, it, I hadn't thought about the fact that our, the standard, you know, the standard's kind of going back to what it maybe should be. I don't know if that, how that works. I don't, I don't know what. What if there should, should be or should not be a is. But if you think about the fact that not too long ago, maybe last summer, so a year ago, a survey came out that the government did, and the number of millennials who would say they have more than 10 real friends, not acquaintances, not people they know online, not internet connections, followers, whatever, but real friends, was less, if I recall correctly, was less than 20%. So two out of 10 millennials believes that they have 10 or more real friends. The numbers go up a little bit until you get to boomers and then it goes back down with the elderly of, you know, being, being lonely, um, again, but, um, if like think about Laura Ingalls Wilder, like, yeah, she had 10 friends. And she was content with that because that's all there was. Yeah. But in our day and age with social media, to to recognize that I have a thousand friend, quote unquote friends on my Facebook feed or if I've rejected Facebook, you know, I follow this many people on Instagram and I'm followed by this many people or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. I hope everyone's taken TikTok off their phones by now because it's... Did you hear about the Chinese embassy in Houston? Yes. Speaking of Chinese, yeah, not so... It. Not so. Anyway, um, Google that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but um, you guys. Anyway, I just like like a millennial who had ten friends when they were Laura Ingalls Wilder today. You know, in that era, would have felt perfectly normal. But now there's a deep sense of loneliness and a deep sense of there's something wrong with me because of what everything else that's going on around yeah. them says. <sighs> Yeah. Um, I yeah I'm. I don't have anything to add to that. Okay, I just had a lot more that I wanted to talk about tonight. So I maybe was... we should re-record something, not re-record, record again on like Friday night. Okay, for like a <laughs> next week. I can schedule yeah. it to yes. air the following week. We're gone. Um, yeah, I know it was funny coming back from the cabin after being up there for I think ten days, um, eight days. Anyway, it was it's completely off the grid. I came back after four days and just downloaded my emails, made sure there was no disasters going on. You didn't come back. To. You drove out to the highway. <laughs> came back into self-service digital world. But I didn't read any news headlines, and I got home. And that first night I was home, or the second night I was home, I sat at your computer and basically went through. I only have two sources of, three sources of where I get my news. Uh World Magazine, their daily mailings, Victor Marx's daily intelligence brief, and and you. <laughs> That's where I get my news. <laughs> so, but I'm going through all of, I'm just, I'm reading eight, eight, nine days worth of headlines and happenings, like the relevant ones people seem to think are relevant. 
Um, it, wow, putting them all together. That's right. You were like the world chaos is falling apart. and madness. Yeah, by itself, it's like, oh, this is happening over here. Oh, that's happening over there. Oh, this is going on. By itself, it doesn't seem that big. You put them all together, and wow, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was just it really again. Whoa. Think about think about the Wilder fam, the Ingalls family. Oh, like so nice. the world could have been falling down around them, and they're just in the middle of North Dakota, and they don't know. And therefore, they can't care. I love it. I and, mean, you know, it for so sure the moral will of the story, the moral of COVID, is I really hope you're with the person you really want to be with. Because <laughs> you're, you're stuck. Molly, you're my only friend, babe. That's all we got. <laughs> no, I'm not. And no. for the record, for the record, you guys, we don't, when we sit down, when we go out on a date night to like a restaurant, this is, this is actually pretty much how we talk. Yeah. I think. That's We're not true. staging anything. This is like a date night for us. Join JR and Molly on a date. We miss the boat on our our naming naming it. Could have been date night with JR and Molly. Oh my gosh. I really like Too Busy to Flush a lot better. In my opinion. But what else did you want to talk about? We have, you know, well No, I think we should okay. I think we should call it quits. Alright, so Friday. Besides I can't really remember. Yeah, we're not leaving town until Sunday, so I shouldn't say that on the podcast. Somebody will come and steal my house. Steal all the stuff that you're trying to sell on Facebook. I'm only copying you. You've made a small pile of money selling things on Facebook. And then turned around and <clears throat> spent it again. By the way, I'm buying 23 pairs of girls' leggings for $30 tomorrow. Will we never run out again? I hope not. Except they're... They're like a really wide, they're super stretchy. Mm -hmm. So apparently Faith and Elise can wear the same pair. I don't know how this works. Um, I'm buying them more for Lily and Elise. Um, and I think I'm just going to put them in a central place. And like, here's the leggings. Kind of like the socks? The leggings and the socks closet. Like, if you need leggings or socks, go into this closet and get them. <sighs> Lily is so skinny. The problem is she's going to be tall and skinny. Yeah. And so... Like they might be like capri leggings on her. Well, she's still they still fit around her butt, but um, I'm hoping that I will never have to buy leggings again for like you know seven years on down. But leggings average five dollars, like the best mm -hmm. prices I can find. And so I was pretty. I don't know what condition they're in, but um, twenty three leggings for thirty dollars. I'm pretty excited. About you guys, that. we have started getting rid of baby stuff. Not like started. I was, we, we are, are rid. We are I have well. One we more are lot. well. I should say we are well into this phase. When I went to the cabin to help with, I took Titus and we went to go do some siding work up there. Molly like went bonkers while I was gone. I need to leave more often. I did. Or something. I sold. I sold boxes of stuff. I gave away boxes of stuff to people. I donated stuff. Um, yeah, I I literally cleared out like three shelves. You know what's so interesting. I'm going to make this my parting deep thought with Molly Friesen. Um, I felt so accomplished getting, like, getting stuff cleaned out, just powering through. I was so productive. I stayed up until almost midnight for most of the week that you were gone, um, sorting things, cleaning things, selling things, delivering things, meeting up with people, um... And then I walked into our bedroom and this 
thorn in my flesh pile of our own laundry that I can't sell because we have to fold them and wear them and then rewash them. And on top of, you know, so, and we, our children, we have a ditch along the back of our property. And the first day there was water running through the ditch while you were gone. The girls each went through five sets of clothes. They would go get muddy because by the, at that point it was like ankle deep. So it was basically just enough water to make mud. They were covered in mud. Come traipsing through the house with the mud on. Go outside, wash your clothes, spare yourself off, put the clothes in this tub. I can't even put, they were so muddy I couldn't even put them in the washing machine. Literally less than an hour later, the same thing all day long. Like, can you not learn? Can you not put, at least put the dirty clothes back on or not come inside until you're done getting muddy? Like, oh, we promise we're not going to get muddy this time. We're just going to sit on the board that we've made a bridge across the ditch and put our feet in the water. No, no, you're not. That's impossible. You will come back covered in mud and I will try not to flip my switch quite as much this time as I did 45 minutes ago when you did this. Anyway, like that alone was two loads of laundry because the clothes were so, I soaked them in buckets outside and rinsed them off, but it was, they were so dirty. Um, but it was just interesting to reflect on my own heart in feeling so accomplished and so like productive and diligent with get, getting all this stuff done. And then I just like had this almost physical reaction of failure, like realizing that I hadn't actually made progress on the everyday things that always plague me. And I just was realizing, you know, I pick and choose what I find my significance in. Mm. Like, um, and it, I mean, I don't really choose, it chooses me or something, but. Well, it was just you, sort of an interesting exercise and in reflection to try to figure out why did I feel so good about myself for one thing and feel so badly about myself for something else. Yeah, it's the sick finding where you find a significance thing for sure. You know, I find it, it's funny because we just had a conversation sitting up at the cabin. The only night we had by ourselves, we're sitting by the fire and you asked me what I was thinking about because I was just sitting there. I was like... I I'm just marveling that I have everything I need to live. I've been up here for 10 days. I have everything that I need to live right here at the cabin. That means it's pretty much nothing that's here in this house. (laughs) I can live without this house. And I just, I was about to make the comment. I'm like, yeah, I'm on the bandwagon of selling things on Facebook. And I sold some stuff today and I'm kind of running out of things to sell. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't I just tell myself that? You know, I mean, but you can definitely see the appeal of of not having, not being a slave to the material possessions. Because what you're talking about is like another layer of that being beholden to something. Because now we're spending all of our spare time, in long hours of our spare time, keeping up with the old things that we used to have or the new things that we have, and trying to get trying to manage our own things. That's time that could be spent doing other things you know mm. like time could be spent sitting around a fire it could be spent 
creatively. It could be spent in service to somebody. It could be spent, you know, I mean, you name it. But again, I think all that kind of comes down to the person and the individual and kind of where they're at and where they feel called to be in life. But yeah, it's, that's just, true. it's just a funny... I think a lot of the people who are into the, the current minimalism trend aren't thinking about constructive ways to use their... I, I think they're being selfish with their time instead of with their possessions to be uh, honest um yeah. like if you look at follow a lot of the minimalist mm-hmm. you know we sold everything and we live out of a van sort of people like they're not really loving their fellow man and using their freedom in a way to benefit society That's or benefit other thought. people they're just instead of being beholden to their things they're they're free to be more selfish with their time in their, you know, in more, I don't know, Mm. you Hmm. know, instead of mowing their lawn, they're biking down, downhill biking in Vail, you know, which is really cool. Beats mowing lawns. Unless you have a walker. If you have a walker mower, it's awesome. (laughs) It's, you know, it's all in perspective and in what you value, but you can be serving you can be honoring God and loving other people in either place, or you can be selfish and beholden to your things or to your image or to vapid pleasure in either no. place. Hmm. All right. We've left these poor listeners with a lot of, a lot of pondering. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get to the stuff that I have been pondering lately. Oh, can you save it? Yeah, I'll write it down. Should we go out and have dinner so right, we can talk about it? Right now? No. No, we're going to go to bed right now. No, I mean like just on a date. Should we go on a date while we can? Can we? Let's no. think about it. Okay. I don't know. Just sitting here with you is like, oh, we need to do this more often. <laughs> Oh, my word. All right. That said, uh, you can follow us on TooBusyToFlush.com or TB2F, the number 2F.com. And we have a podcast. We have a blog that we don't blog on. And we have an Instagram account at TooBusyToFlush. So follow us on Instagram. We have an I've online... been posting homeschool stuff on our Facebook page. That's We have a Facebook page? You made it. Wow. You should update the logo and stuff, though. I should connect those two things as well. You mm. should. Yes, and I do. I did do a tour of the... Um, so this is going to be fun. This is in the future. But I plan to create short uh, TV show episodes out of our, out of our um, Spartan trailer renovation when we start that. So I've already got a bunch of footage from the rescue, so I'm just going to go through the process. But, so maybe I'll fire up a YouTube channel. Or just put it on Facebook. Facebook would be easier. Less stuff to keep up with. So anyway... Follow us on all the good stuff. And you can now follow us on Facebook. <laughs> you know that's where you want to be. Everybody wants to be on Facebook. Um, yeah. So rate us. Give us a couple stars. And share us with your friends. And uh, say you're sorry. Not to us. To people that you've done something wrong. Yeah. That's what I meant. Cool. All right. Have a good night. Have a good night.